One reason we call this the Summer Essentials is because come August, this year it may be a little different whenever the school system starts, um, usually about come August we get an influx of people. People coming back from the summer and also new people looking for a home, maybe people who don't know God, who've never found, who have no relationship, maybe people who were in another church who were hurt or wounded, and uh, we get full quick um, come August and come September. And so what, what I want to do is prepare you for that, prepare us for the influx. So for the next couple Sundays, um, we're going to talk about some things that will get us ready. We're going to hang our hat on this verse in Matthew chapter 4 that says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, also called Peter, Andrew, throwing their nets into the water. And I want you to say this last line with me. For they... Oh, come on. For they fished for a living. Jesus pointing, is pointing out, hey, this is what these guys do to, raise mo- to earn money. This is how they make their living. It goes on to say, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will. And I broke it off right there. Because I wanted to ask you, a lot of you may know this verse. You may already be finishing it in your head, and some of you may not. But I want to ask you, if you didn't know this verse, what would be your guess? I will do what? Come follow me, I will. Jesus said, and he will, he will make you. Make you what? Make you uh, happy? Make you holy? Spiritual? Organized? Disciplined? We could all come up with probably 50 different things that we would think, okay, this is what Jesus will make me into. But he doesn't say that. Does he even say, I'm going to give you the ability to pray for two hours every morning. Every morning you're going to get up at 4 a.m. with all those other ungodly people that get up that early. Right? Jesus didn't get up until after sunrise, so why should we be up so early? I'm going to give you two. I'm going to help you to pray for two hours. I'm going to make you the most spiritual person in the world. No. He says, follow me, and I'm going to teach you to do something that, that you're not doing now. And he's telling this to the disciples. Look what he says in the rest of the verse. Jesus said, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. That's what we're going to be doing. Jesus even said it in, in Peter, in the Luke's version of it, he's talking to Peter, and he says in Luke chapter 5, verse 10, from now on, you're going to be fishing for people. Now relax, because every time we begin to talk about evangelism, people get nervous. People tend, this is another one of those topics that people tend to tense up. Like I'm going to ask us all, when we leave here today, we're all going to go to the center of town, and we're going to stand, and we're going to scream at people, and tell them you need Jesus, you know, bang on their windows. And, and that's our picture of evangelism. But see, Jesus did, that's not what Jesus did. Or we're going to, some people say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm evangelizing. And we, we get these goofy Bible tracks. And we go around handing those out. Or if you do this, I will officially say, say shame on you, stop doing it. If you're the one that leaves the little fake $20 bill on the table at the restaurant, that it's really a gospel track, and your waitress or waiter sees that and it opens it up, shame on you. Don't do that. 
That doesn't make somebody want Jesus. That makes somebody want to smack you upside the head. We don't, don't, that's not evangelism. See, people, people tell me all, all the time, they'll say this phrase, I love Jesus, but. Nothing ever really good comes when we say but to God. I love Jesus, but I can't talk to people. Well, okay, well, I don't think that's true, but okay. Then people say, I love Jesus, but I'm just not good at arguing the Bible. Well, you don't need to argue the Bible to, to go fishing for men. I love Jesus, but I can't remember verses. Or I, this one says, I can't prove it to them. God doesn't need you to prove anything. He proved everything through Jesus. He doesn't, he doesn't need you to prove it. Or they say this, I love Jesus, but I can't remember all those verses. I can't recall all that. Well, let me give you some peace. Because I can't either. I know as, as a pastor, and as hopefully your pastor, if you're here today, you want me to be this rapid, re, rapid fire verses and give you verse, chapter and verse and chapter and verse and chapter and verse. I'm sorry, I just don't operate that way. If you want to know where Romans 10, the, one, the ones I do know, Romans 10, 10, that, that says, that it talks about getting saved, and it talks, I can tell you what it says in big picture, and I can tell you in my old Bible that I grew up reading, it's on the top left-hand corner of the page. But I can't, you know, I had to memorize Romans 10, 10. But if you want to know a specific scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse whatever, then I'm going to have to go look it up because I, I don't work that way. But I do know God and his word in general. And if you say to me, well, God, God just hates people. Well, no, he doesn't because my Bible tells me that God is literally love. Now, did I quote a scripture to you? No. Did I give you a scripture? Certainly. So this, this idea that we have to be able to memorize stuff. But Jesus makes it very clear, and this is what we're going to talk about today, that followers of him fish. It's not a some fish. It's not if you really in if you really want to love me, you fish. It is followers fish. But if we're honest, when we see this word, go ahead and throw that next word up on the screen. This word here. Most of us in our minds go to some guy in an old plaid suit with a bullhorn at the corner in town screaming at people, telling them how pathetic and terrible they are on a college campus, screaming at all the college kids, you're all going to hell. Sorry, reprobates. And they, he just guilts them and, tries to, and talks ugly to them and just very demeaning. That's the guy we think of. But let me ask you this question. Describe the person responsible for you knowing Jesus. Just think of that person in your head. If you're here today and you have a relationship with Jesus, I bet, probably would guess you can describe them as somebody with grace, mercy, somebody that's humble, somebody that served you, somebody that cared about your family, cared about your life. See, there's a very big difference between somebody like that and the guy screaming at you with the bullhorn. Because technically both are fishing. The first guy is more like, if you ever remember Crocodile Dundee when he goes fishing, the old movie? How does he do it? He lights a thing of dynamite, 
throws it in the water, boom, and fish float to the top. Did he accomplish fishing? Yeah, but did he hurt some people in the process? Yeah. Now, for most of us, if you're like me, and this is one thing I enjoy doing, multiple times a week I'll walk down to the pond that's at my house, and those of you who live by me probably see me out there several days a week because it's where I go to just be quiet and fish. And Melanie has not, or know my neighbors, I got some neighbors here, um, have you guys ever heard the boom from my, maybe some rifles and some guns, but they never heard dynamite going off. I'm not fishing in my pond by throwing quarter sticks of dynamite in the pond. Might be fun now that I think about it, but that's not how we fit. Why? Because it's going to kill everything else around it. See, evangelism is not that this destructive force. It's what God asks us to do. And in just a few weeks, through those doors that you came through, there's going to be a lot of fish swimming through those doors. And our goal today is to help all of us know, well, how can I be a part of making sure they feel like somebody reached out to them? Because you want to know the truth? I've saw several statistics from 60% up to 80-90% that if somebody new, saved or unsaved, comes through that door and they do not at least perceive that somebody reached out to them, Hello, how are you? Good morning. That's a cool dress, cool t-shirt. You know, I live over on this side of town where you live. It's nice to meet you. Did you get coffee? Anything. Anywhere from 60 to 90% people who do not feel like somebody reached out will never come back to church. That's scary. So we're going to be ready. We're going to talk about it. Because I'm not asking you to stand on the corner and scream at people. I'm not asking you to hand out goofy Bible tracts. But what I am asking you to do is be fishing, is do what God asks us to do. And we're doing our part. I know sometimes it doesn't look like it, that sometimes things may seem a little chaotic, but just about everything we do is, first of all, prayed through and is very intentional. Even the series coming up in, in the, ahead in the fall. So when you bring people, it'll help, help you get them here, and then we start pointing them to Jesus, start talking about Jesus. Our series coming up, we have what we, one we do every year, a series called What's Next. And we've done it every year. It's kind of the nuts and bolts of the church and why we believe what we believe and what we're talking about when we say, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We're talking about all that kind of stuff. After that, we're going to do a series called My Church Is and a blank. We're going to have several weeks of what we believe and why we believe it and so that people can know and know in the, and hear about the God and the, the Savior that we worship and why we worship and why we do things the way we do. Then we're going to do one that, that really, I think, between the next two are probably two of the most favorites that I hear from you guys, and that is the You Asked For It series. If you were here in Easter, during Easter, that one Sunday, we do a survey, and the reason we do it on Easter Sunday is because everybody's here on Easter Sunday. And we ask you, hey, what are some areas you struggle with? What are some areas you might want to hear something about or that you're curious about? And so we do that. And then we usually close toward the end of fall, going into Christmas with the At The Movie series, where it's one of the best times you can ever have to bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus that we take a, a full-length movie, we break it down into little pieces, and we, we use the redeeming gospel, the, the truth, with capital T, God's truth, that is buried in movies, and we use that to teach the gospel. 
So you're inviting people to come and, and watch a movie. We have Coke and popcorn and candy, and um, it's one of our most favorite series. But real quick, I want to give you four reasons, just in the next 10, 10, 12 minutes, four quick reasons why you need to fish, why you need to know how to share your faith and know how to share your story. And the first reason is this, and this sounds dorky, I know, just hear me out, is that fishing is fun. There is something fun when you really begin to understand this, that you're reaching into somebody's life, you're inviting them to church. Let's say you do nothing but just in. You do nothing but invite them into church, and they meet Jesus. You have just permanently altered somebody's eternity forever because you're going one place or another. There is no middle ground. There is no, um, well, I hope my way in. It just doesn't happen that way. And it's not as scary as it thinks, but being a part of somebody's journey, seeing them choose heaven and not hell is a huge thing. The Bible talks about in, in Luke chapter 15 that it's a party in heaven. That a party that God's angels throw every time that one lost soul turns to God. I think they stand up and cheer. The Bible gives reference to the saints before us standing up and applauding. Like, Way to go. They're excited because now somebody has come home permanently and they will get to even see loved ones, get to see them again. It's fun not to just know the answer, but to know the person who is the answer. You hear that? To know, not just to know the answer, but to know the person who's the answer and be able to tell people, hey, I can't explain it, but you should have seen me a year ago and look at me now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians this, that, and this is a gift from God who brought us back to him, through himself, through Christ. And God has given us the task. That's all of us. That's not just some of us. It doesn't say God just gave the preacher God just gave the, the youth pastor, he said he gave all of us. He's talking to all of Christians. And look at the next part of the verse. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Why? Because Jesus paid for them. It's simple, simple repentance. And then he gave this wonderful message of reconciliation to us. He gave it to us to say, I, I and nowhere in it, in any of this, does it say I have to explain it. It goes on in verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors, that God's making his appeal to people through us. When we speak Christ, we plead, we're telling people, hey, come back to God. Nowhere in any of this does it say that you have to give it verse by verse, word for word. Now, can you do that? Can God bring that to your memory? Certainly. But it's just saying, it's, it's sharing your story. It's giving people some, you know, when, you, when you're fishing, again, we go back to the dynamite or a lure. If, if you, depending on what kind of fishing you're doing, every fisherman has a, has a favorite lure, favorite type, a favorite thing that it does. Well, it's no different with us. And for a lot of us, if you just realize the fact that your best option is your story. Now, we're going to do this in a couple of weeks, and I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you a heads up so you can think about it now. Can anyone, and I'm not going to ask you to now, but I want you to raise your hand and say, yes, I could do this. Can anyone give their 
entire story, give me your, your story, your testimony to how you got to where you are now in 30 seconds. If you don't and can't, start thinking about it. Because most people will tell you, even when you go to meet somebody new or you open a conversation or you have about 30 seconds to capture somebody, that if you don't, the Lord just goes right on by. That somebody like me could say, I was raised in a Christian home as a teenager. I served God a little bit, but when I got to college, I figured out he wanted me to do church. I really started pursuing God, went to, went to seminary, met my wife, and God planted me here for the last 20 plus years. We've been here serving Jesus and just trying to help people find out that they matter. See? There's nowhere in this you have to say, well, when I was 12, we sat in Grandma's church and that old preacher just wouldn't shut up. So finally I raised my hand and said, I, I received Jesus because he said he ain't leaving until somebody received Jesus. And I just sure wish he'd shut up. See, I mean, does that attract you? What are you doing this weekend? Hey, we're going to church. I know it's Father's Day weekend. Let's just go. We'll, we'll have a good time. We'll go eat lunch and just go hang out. What are you doing this weekend? Probably got to go to church. You know, it's Father's Day. You got to go do Father's Day. They'll give them some stupid gift, but we don't, you know. Does that entice you? No. And by the way, Father's Day, look around. Think back to Mother's Day. Exactly. Some of y'all were sitting in different seats because it was full. But, but it's all about how you present it to people. And when we fish, nobody, no used car salesman comes up and says, I got this great deal. It don't run, it won't start, and it's only got three tires. <laughs> right? They'll take the, a good used car salesman will come and tell you, the AC's cold, the stereo's kicking, and the leather is fine. Right? He didn't tell you it's got three tires and don't start. It's all about how you present it. And some of us present God like, who would want to come to that? So that we're all fishing. Fishing is fun. The second thing is fishing is unavoidable. I'm sorry, but you can't get around it. Because you're either, you're either attracting people or you're repelling people. Anybody ever taken small kids fishing? Uh, Jamie and them aren't in here. I was fishing with Jamie Hendricks and his little boy. And Henry's a, I mean, he's a redhead. He's wild. He's, he's got a lot of energy. And Jamie and I are fishing. I look over at Henry, and Henry takes his rod and goes, and he says, okay, you know, throw the line. He takes the whole rod. And <laughs> we're like, yeah, I didn't, didn't mean that. You know, and he's flashing around and playing. He's, he's being a four or five-year-old. Now, did we catch a whole lot of fish? Oh, why? We were fishing in a pond, and like, not, he was scaring fish in, people, in three ponds down. So you have a choice. So you're either repelling fish or you're attracting fish. Now, how many you know if, if little Henry had a bag of bread or fish food or crickets and he starts throwing them out in the water? Now, what's he doing? He's making inviting. He's bringing them to him. Yet a lot of us as Christians, we, we're scaring everybody away. We don't present anything that's of value to people that says, you should have seen my life last year, from last year to this year. I'm not perfect, but man, you should have seen me a year ago. 
You should see what God has done in my life. I used to be in fear. I was in torment. I was sick. My marriage was in trouble. And now God's fixed three or four of them. I'm doing better. I'm growing, I'm growing stronger. That fishing is unavoidable. Why? Because heaven and hell, heaven or hell is unavoidable. You go to one or the other. Now, this is not a ploy just to grow church either. Would I like us to have to have four services and be packed, you know, every seat for four straight services? Yes, of course. But I am worried about numbers. And I am worried about the size of the church. Why? Because of this reason right here, and you've heard me say it before, that every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Your crazy uncle who you may have to see for Father's Day this afternoon, as much as he drives you crazy, and his story may be horrible, it still matters to God. The people that we see on the news that do these horrific things, and I just can't wrap your brain around the fact of what they had done to children and all kinds of crazy stuff, they still matter to God. I st this story still comes back to me every time. Jeffrey Dahmer ate people. He didn't just hurt them, he ate them. And there's the, a book about him you can read. And He was in prison. A prison chaplain kept going to him. Kept fishing, kept fishing, kept fishing. He gets saved, has a legitimate conversion, meets Jesus, and a few days later gets beaten to death in prison. Some of us are going to be surprised when we get to heaven and see him standing there. Why? Because his number, his name, and his story matters to God. So fishing is unavoidable. is unavoidable. We're carriers of the message. There's no other options. You can't just opt out. Look what Romans 10, 13 says. It says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Doesn't weed out everybody, but this, you know, this people, this, this domination, this political party. It says everyone. And look what the next verse says. But how can they call on him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard and how can they hear unless someone does what? I missed that time. Keep trying. The worst thing you can do is quit fishing. Because if you're either bringing people in or you're letting drift by and go away from you. But see, I think God's patient. There's a verse in the Bible that says that talks about God's patience. And most people refer it to just those waiting, him waiting on those to meet Jesus. But I think he's just as patient with us being the one to go fishing. The reason he's patient for the people to be fished for is because those of us who are doing the fishing need a little encouragement. And God's patient with us that we're, we don't stop talking about church. We don't stop talking about Jesus, that we just show up. We, we, we show up to people's lives and say, hey, come check it out. Come, come hang out. The worst you can do is hate it, and then you can go find something else. The worst they can tell you is no. The third reason is this. Jesus told us to go fishing. Fishing is fun. Fishing is unavoidable. But point blank, Jesus told us to go fishing. It doesn't cut corners. I'm going to give you this real quick. This is a little more scripture than I usually give you, but I want to show you this. The first, in the first five books of the Bible, 
Jesus says this five different times. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go, go and make disciples in all the nations, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15. He said, go to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Luke 24. He says, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Luke 24, 48. And you are the witness to these things. In other words, you see it, so talk about it. In John chapter 20, verse 21. And again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending. He's talking to the church, to us. And then Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, throughout the ends of the earth. That Our translation would be Sylvan Heights, Sylvania, Screven County, Georgia, United States, and the world. That's what that represents. Ushers, you guys can do your thing. See, we love being a part of people's lives, taking care of people. We do grow groups together. We, it's the reason we exist. The reason we do what we do is, is to fish, to help people take their, their one step from one, where they are to where God wants them to be. But you need to know this. We don't just gather to check the church box. And I, I'm honest with people. If you're looking for a church that you can come and just check a box and go, whew, I feel good for a month or two, you're probably not going to be happy. Because frequently you'll you're hear us in some way. Hey, go serve people. Hey, go talk to people. Hey, invite people. Hey, bring them to a movie. Hey, bring them to this series. Hey, bring your kids on Wednesday night. We have a great nursery on Sunday morning. Hey, bring those kids. The kids' church is awesome. We're constantly talking about going fishing but we gather because there are a lot of people on the wrong side of the heaven and hell decision that's why we're here now we set it up and my prayer is even a message like today that if you're saved it's maybe old old news to you that everybody can receive something for it but I've always wanted a church where people were more concerned about the people who aren't here than they were about the people who were here did you hear me? I don't think you did because nobody said amen. That was a great spot. I'm more, I want a church full of people who are more concerned about the people who aren't sitting next to them rather than the people who are already here. Do, are the people here of any less value? No. Do we love them and serve them like everybody else? Yes. But the Bible says he left the 99 and went and looked for the one. That's why we do what we do. That's why we fish. And the last one, I go fishing. This you have to answer this personally. I go fishing because someone fished for me. Yes, I would still be doing this if I wasn't the pastor of the church, and I hope I would still be attending here and having a great time with the great people in a great church. But somebody fished for me. I had grandparents and my grandmother and grandfather who prayed for me fervently as a teenager people in my life that God brought somebody was fishing for me even when we ran from God even when even though I had a debt I couldn't pay somebody fished for me 
Even when I pushed them away, some of you probably had people bringing you into toward Christ and we push them away because we think they're judging us or we think they're, they're trying to sh- shove something down my throat and that's not at all. Someone still fish for you. So to answer the question, why do we fish? Because God never stopped searching for me. He tells the story, the parable in the in New Testament, he tells it three or four different times, all about the 99 of something that God had. And he said, but I left that and went searching for the one. He left that and said, I'm going to find the one. It's the same feeling. Anybody ever lost your child? Some physical death? I mean, I, unfortunately, I, I thank God I've never been through it, but I, I, I know there are people here who have lost children. But not just that way. Let's bring it back a little bit. Just in the mall. And you got four kids and one of them disappears. Nobody goes, eh, three out of four ain't bad. Right? The world stops. I lost Emma one day for about 30 seconds. The world came to a complete stop. I was in the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Terminal D, 48 to be exact. Emma, gone. I didn't think, eh, 50% ain't bad. And the Bible says, I believe that's what God does. He goes, and he starts looking. I'm missing somebody. I'm missing one. Okay, guys, you need to go fish here. Go fish here. And we don't stop because somebody fished for me. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, For Christ's love compels us. It moves me. Sometimes it's the kick in the pants, and sometimes it's the thing we're chasing after. But it moves me toward sharing that with people. So today we're going to do something. I'm going to pray and close and dismiss just a minute. For most of you in the room, you've probably heard me talk about this. But sitting on my dress, on my sink, on the side, to the side of my sink, is a crusty old lifesaver in the wrapper. I'm talking crusty. It's like I don't touch it. When I moved and we moved three years ago, I moved it very carefully because I had two. One of those lifesavers is serving the kids today. seven years every morning brush my teeth look down see them God help them that may, those two and I call them by name may know you amen go about, go about my day one of them's still there I'm still praying and as long as something bugs or ants don't get to it I'm still going to be looking down and praying over that thing every day so what I want you to do today is I want you to get a lifesaver because you're not going to get a lifesaver. You're going to be a lifesaver. So today when you leave, I'm dead serious. The greeters out there are going to have a bucket of lifesavers. They're going to put one. If you want to, take two. These are not for your stank breath. Don't open them. Take them home. Clip them on the fridge. Put them, put them somewhere where you'll see every day. Mine's by my toothbrush, so I know I'll see it every day. Believe it or not, brush my teeth every day. Most of you probably do the same. And I want you to tag somebody's name to that. 
And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be huge. Just every morning. There it is. God, I pray that that person, they're going to know you. How you do it, God, I don't care. They're just going to know you. Amen. Spit, wash, go about your day. So when you leave today, you're going to get one of those. But for right now, if you would, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. But there might be somebody sitting in here online today that says, well, I don't know Jesus. Before I can be a lifesaver, I need to be saved. If that's you this morning, while your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm not going to call you up front. If you're online, shoot us a message. And you just raise your hand and say, Clint, I, I need to meet Jesus. Anybody else? And let's all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me, God, for messing up. Today I receive forgiveness. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, online or in the room, send us a card. There's a card in front of you. You can let us know. We just want to encourage you. Over, If you're in the room, over to my right, your left, we always have people over here who'd love to pray with you. If you would, go ahead and stand with me. We're going to sing one more song. We call it the settle time. Don't rush out. I'm going to get you on, out of here right on time. And we're going to go celebrate our Father's Day and fathers eat too much and get a good long extra nap today. Amen? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you that you've chosen us. God, that you fished for me. Despite everybody else in the world, you would have come for me. You chased after me. And God, that we can do that for the people in our community. That God, I now pray for the lifesavers, the little candies these, everybody's going to get on the way out. God, it's a dorky little candy. But God, we know that when people are praying it and they're looking at it, they're calling somebody's name and they're placing that name before you. And God, that you would move heaven and earth so that those people who are called by that name come to know the one who is the name above all names. And God, we thank you for that now. God, I bless everybody who's traveling this week and gone on vacation. God, again, bless the fathers today that God, we would speak life into our families and into the people around us and show people what it's like to be a godly father and man of God. And God, we thank you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody said.